The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Save our wildlife, save the environment, save our world. It all starts with a little knowledge. Welcome to Our Wild World with Ellie Weiss. There is so much that's being done and can be done with help from specialists and marginalized community groups to you. We'll discuss the future of Africa, the wildlife, and the people, and show you how it affects the entire planet. Now, here is Ellie Weiss from the Wild Eyes Foundation. Good morning and welcome to Our Wild World. Dale and I began a conversation on Facebook about the emotional lives of animals and that he found himself at a crisis of conscience. Today's conversation began one-to-one, but as we delved deeper, we felt that recording it would provide an opportunity not only to work through it, but to share it with others who may be facing similar conflicts and asking the same questions. In pantheism... Where we are is that we are all one, like in the Franz Lanting video. And there's another one you should look up, and I posted by Ian McCallum. It's mm-hmm. another TED Talk. Okay. It's very Thank poetic. You. We humans are complicated by our big brain yeah. and by these in- intense emotions, one of which is guilt and sadness mm-hmm. that we build up so hugely, and it becomes a part of the energy we radiate. If we could flip the switch and just be here now, like animals are, Uh then I know you know this. When you're totally in the moment and you're totally in with your animals and you're doing therapy with someone, all the energy just flows. You're totally in the present moment. Absolutely, yeah. And that's what animals are. They're always in the present moment. They don't sit back and start chewing on what I should have done what i could have done what i would have done where i could be and so when we start doing that and pet our animals or engage with our animals in that frame of mind which is not being present Uh it's gone interior that energy they don't want to be around that yeah be here now and it's such an old concept but be here now and when I do that, when I stop thinking and just start being, everything changes. Yeah. It's mm. all just moving. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I catch myself seeing, okay, see how this works. And then I start trying again. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I start trying, it all goes south. Yeah. When I stop trying... And walk away and clear my head and just be, it all works. Mm-hmm. So makes sense. It it yeah it does make sense because it, it works. Does. 
Yeah. You know, and and that's what I keep trying to find is that place where it works. The hard part, and what my mother always said, well, you can try to pick up that bull, or you can just pick up the bull. Yeah. So when our big brain gets in our way, and we start putting all these concepts of human concepts of guilt, of that we're a human and, and they're an animal, that mm. we're responsible for them, and that um, I can't give them what they would have in the wild, uh-huh. well... We can't. Humans, for as long as we've lived, have had relationships with animals. Mm-hmm. Whether it's been for food, for clothing, for comfort, or for um, consumption. Mm-hmm. And over these past, oh, few hundred years, with this whole dominion thing, we separated ourselves from the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that's what Franz Lanting was talking about. And that's yeah, it's in, all about the skin. Yeah. So I think what we need to remember is just take off our skin. Mm. And your animals give you pleasure. And when you feel pleasure and you feel good, then everything feels good. Mm. Oh, right? Yeah. What, what I've been yeah. telling myself over the past year is, do what makes me feel better, because when I feel better, everything is better. Yeah. And when my head gets in the way, then it all goes south. Mm. And I can see it act out in my cats. Yeah. So, with your animals, when you start thinking, when we, not you personally, when we yeah. start thinking that we're doing something wrong, mm-hmm. then they feel the wrongness. Yeah. So, whether you decide to have animals in the future or not, is not about now. That's later. Mm. What you can deal with is what you have now. Mm. And what you have now is an incredible being you've awakened in your own human lifetime. Mm. You've evolved to the next stage of being a human, which is a huge thing on this planet with where we are as human beings. Mm. You've connected. You realize that you are under the skin, the same oneness as your animals. Yeah. And then you se- then you separate it. Mm. Then you say they're my animals, and I'm doing something wrong. Mm. So maybe work on that step, which is the same step I'm working on. That they're not my animals. No, they're, they're part of me. They're animals, and they've chosen to be with me. They could run away any time. I let my cats outside. They could run away. They could leave any time I opened the door. If they didn't want to be here, they could leave. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so maybe your snake couldn't leave, and maybe your skunk couldn't leave because you keep them enclosed, but you give them a house. Mm -hmm. They have a home. So look at it as, you know, and what you can do is... um, you can build environments for them mm-hmm. that are, uh, you know, more suitable to their liking mm-hmm. so that when they're not with you, but look at it also this way. They need a break from you too. During that break time from you, they have an environment that they're perfectly happy in. Okay, so it's not the wild, but mm. the lion in the Maasai Mara doesn't travel to the other side of the Maasai Mara because that's not its home. Yeah. Each animal has its territory. 
Yeah, you see, you see that that's that's something that I've I've kind of thought about. I thought, well, I mean, a snake in the wild would be under a rock or in a cave. They don't go wandering around like out to nightclubs and stuff. Well, um, they, they wander around they, their territory. They that yeah, they remain within a specific place, as do um, chinchillas and skunks and everything else. They have a very small territory. Um, so in in that kind of essence they are in a, a similar position I guess and you've given um, them each a territory mm, mm. that's all theirs yeah so you know in terms of if you want to make it more like the wild then you could introduce something that gives them a job to do while you're not there mm -hmm. in the wild an animal is either sleeping mm -hmm. mating looking for a mate eating yeah. Or marking territory. So you've you've taken out the the need to protect and secure a territory. So they're they're, they're secure. Mm -hmm. From their own perspective, not your perspective, from their own perspective, they're secure. Yeah. They have a territory. So what what would be the other thing a, a skunk would do in the well he has the run of the, your house. Sleep. <laughs> so he's got a safe place to sleep. Yep. So what are the animals that you're concerned about? Um, I get the chinchillas because they're caged up. Um, what about a wild. bigger cage? They've got a, a six foot by four foot by three foot cage. And how big is a chinchilla? Oh, about that big. I'd say that's a pretty good sized territory. It's, it's, it's a good it's a good sized cage for a chinchilla. To be fair, do they have, uh, do they climb? Oh yeah, yeah. It's they've got like different levels and toys and stuff in there. So I they haven't haven't made. <laughs> Seriously, and you spend time with them, and they spend, oh yeah yeah, and they have they get to meet people, and they get mm -hmm. to do things, they get to be totally who they are with someone else, and awaken someone else to to who they are. Mm. These but no, they do Definitely. incredible little beings, mm. amazing animals. So what um, hap what happens when you bring a chinchilla to a, a therapy session? What happens? Oh, but basically, I get um, whoever the person is to sit on a, a, a chair or a settee, and then just put the chinchilla on their lap, and they stroke the chinchilla, and then the chinchilla will run around. Um, so I'm on a big chair now, and the chinchilla will be like jumping on the arms and round the back, and then jump on my head, maybe um, down onto my lap again, and then across to the next person, and then back to me. He likes to share himself around, um, so he'd be like. Say there were two or three people on the settee, he'd jump on each one of them's lap, so they'd all get. Yeah, you know, he just shares himself around. He runs around, and he's just free. Um, Happy. Yeah, free to do what he wants to do. If he wants to sit on the corner of the settee and sleep, that's what he does. Um, and uh, you know, pe people people just love him, and they, he sits on the lap and they stroke him, and then he'll go off to the next person, and, and they'll stroke him, and 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 it's just a really enjoyable kind of relaxing session because they've got this animal just being free around them. Um, well, you just uh, said it right there. They've got yeah. this animal <laughs> being free around them. Yeah. So yeah, you can't let it loose because it would die. Mm -hmm. You can choose not to have another one. But then at the same time, that doesn't mean chinchillas are not going to be bred in captivity. Oh, no, exactly, exactly, yeah. So in, on that side... If there, until the point comes that we no longer breed animals in captivity, you're giving an animal the best possible life it could have. 
Yeah. In captivity. And we're not, we're a long, long way from stopping captivity. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the best we can do right now is to make that cat consciously make that captive life the best it can be. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And yeah. a chinchilla is, you know, it's it's a much smaller being. It's aware. It has it has fewer needs than, let's say, an elephant and a lion, <laughs> right? Or, yeah, absolutely. Or a polar bear or a rhino. Mm-hmm. You know, and a rhino is not the most brilliant, self-aware, um, emotional being either, but they're just rare. An elephant yeah. is a very complex social being. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Are chinchillas social? Um, to an extent. Um, I mean, he's got a girlfriend that lives next door to him. What would happen um, if they, do they ever, what would happen oh, if, if you put them together? If they got together, together that, that they would mate. Oh, okay, uh, so they're not neutered. And then I would have babies. No, 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 no. Um, I got them both as rescues. Um, and they're both, I mean, the, the, the female is way too kind of... Um, aggressive? Not, not aggressive. She's just, she's just way too kind of flitty. She, she moves around a lot. Um, have you considered she, having them neutered or spayed? Or is that not done? I don't think it's something that the vets would do. Um, Why? In this country. Um I think mainly because they're, they're, they're small animals um, and the vet would probably be scared about it. It'd be kind of like um, neutering a, a, a guinea pig or um, a, a, a gerbil or something, I guess. Um, and the female, I think, is too... Um, she's too nervy. Then what about neutering the male? That's a, that's, 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 their testicles are outside their body, aren't mm. they? Yeah. So yeah. I just had my little male kitten neutered, and it's a it's a really simple procedure because it's non-invasive. Mm. So she can I, put off all her mating signals, mm-hmm. and he can interact with her, but he just can't do anything about it, per se. Mm. No result might, will happen. It might be something worth asking the vet, to be fair, but I'm not I, I'm not sure what the uh, what the rules are. There are some strange rules in this country that they can't do certain things unless um there's there's like a massive reason for it um or a health reason for it it's like skunks we can't descent skunks in this country because um well that's that's plastic. different because that's removing something invasive those those scent sacs are inside aren't they yeah yeah it's, it's also classed as um unnecessary because you take well cruel because you're taking away the animal's only defense system right uh, kind of like declawing a cat i guess well declaw yeah um Yes and no. Declawing a cat, you're actually amputating part of its hand. Yeah. So it's like cutting off the last um, joint of your fingers. Yeah. yeah. But um, do zoos descent skunks? Do who? Sorry. Zoo. Um, I'm not sure to be honest. I, I don't think so. I know in Ireland, um, Southern Ireland, um, they're allowed to descent skunks. So maybe uh, um, instead of talking to your regular um, small animal domestic vet, mm-hmm. talk to a wildlife vet. Okay. Um, you could always email the folks at UC Davis in California. Mm-hmm. They've got a whole entire department that is wildlife veterinary medicine. Okay. There's got to be wildlife vets in the UK because you do mm. have wildlife. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Are chinchillas in the wild in the UK? 
No, 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 no. Um, they're um, they're South American, aren't they? They're uh, Peruvian. So, well. in in that sense, having a chinchilla get loose would be an invasive species, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and they are um, they are starting to bring in invasive species law um, that is going to forbid um, cotamundis and raccoons to be kept in the UK. Okay, uh, that's one step forward then. So pets. So, well, that, yeah. that's a good step. So, but in the meantime, um, so what will happen? How close is this law to being put into place? I believe it's already been um, in process. Implemented. Yeah. So, what does that mean for your chinchillas? Well, I mean, my my chinchillas are fine at the moment because they're not on the list. Um, the list at the moment is purely cotamundis and raccoons. So, all oh, okay. people. Coaties and raccoons have got to have, um, if they use them for um, making money, i.e. if they're um, at a zoo or they're used by an animal experience company, they have to be put to sleep, um, which seems a bit um, draconian to me. Um, And if you have them as a pet, you're allowed to keep them for the rest of their natural life, so long as you'll keep them in um, a locked enclosure. They're not brought into the house. They're not allowed to be walked so literally, they've got to stay in their enclosure the entire time. It's crazy, isn't it? You have a um, raccoon. I don't have a raccoon or a coati, thankfully. Okay. No, it's something I did look at a couple of years ago. That's uh, that's really interesting. Another person you might want to talk to is Stephen Wise. Okay. With the Non-Human Rights Project. Mm-hmm. And he's his whole thing is the whole legal system of um, started with personhood. What defines a person? Look him up, the Non-Human Rights Project, Stephen with a a V, not a P-H, W-I-S-E. And um, he's doing the court cases for the chimpanzees, and he's starting on captivity. Uh And um, all the work that he had to do and the um, premier cases that he had to fight in court to outline what personhood is and who is a person and that and going about changing the laws that so in the US and in many countries livestock and animals are considered property yeah so they have no rights mm-hmm. because they're not considered persons so a lot of what Stevens work does with the non-human rights project is redefining personhood and redefining who fits being a person and therefore who has rights. Mm-hmm. Like you said, raccoons can't be walked. That's cruel. That oh, is draconian. And um, understanding that the lawmakers have to also switch their mindsets to include in to, to be non-abusive and non-cruel. Mm-hmm. Another person you'd want to talk to would be um, Philip Tedeschi. T-E-D-E-S-C-H-I at the University of Denver Institute for Human-Animal Connection. Okay. Yeah, He yeah. does what you do, animal therapy. Okay. And it's a graduate student program, uh-huh. and uh, he's a clinical sociologist. So what they study a lot is cruelty and abuse on animals and its relationship to cruelty and abuse in people. Uh-huh. And a lot of what they learn is how animals um, can be used in therapeutic situations 
and also how when you remove or separate a human from their animal, their companion, uh, an example would be Hurricane Katrina, yep. where the evacuation, they said, leave all your animals behind, and people wouldn't. Nah. So they're going about um, re-defining, um, for lack of a better word, how socio sociologists and um, disaster programs are managed to include that connection between people and their animals yeah, yeah. in a healthy way. So I think Philip would be a, a good person to talk to because as, as a clinical sociologist, mm. I think he could really help you much better than I ever could as just an emotional being, as someone trained to uh, in, in, in this, in this uh, arena to help you assage some of that guilt you're feeling. Mm. But it sounds really interesting. The 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 point of fact that you separate an animal from from its from its person and vice versa. There's an emotional reaction in both animals. Absolutely. You know, the animal yeah. is now lost because it's been totally dependent upon that person, mm -hmm. and it ends up in a rescue place and maybe never finding its home. Yeah. So that's cruel and unusual. And then what you've done to the person, taken away its its especially in older people or in mm. even somebody like me who lives alone, my animals are my family. And with you, your animals are your family. Mm. And that's what the uh, IHAC, I-H-A-C, Institute for Human Animal Connection is all about. And that it's an understood and that there is such a thing as a graduate study program in this field. Mm. That, you know, humans and their animal companions is an important consideration to understand. So, um, crisis of conscience these days is big because we're becoming so aware. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it's also creating issues in this guilt factor. Mm. And when we start going to the extremes of the complete opposite end of the paradigm and creating guilt, over mm -hmm. what we've done or what we think we're doing that's is that's almost as damaging yeah but you've got to understand in no way shape or form do you treat your animals as though they're your property nah. or that you own them you totally know they each have their own personality and they're independent you give them everything they need. You don't neglect them. Plus, you give them so many opportunities to be who they are. Mm -hmm. With your chinchillas, they get to meet people. Mm. So a wild chinchilla oh. doesn't need to consider that. Nah. So animals in the wild, they don't need us. Nah. And that's a really important thing to remember. What they need from us is to leave them alone mm -hmm. and to not interfere Absolutely. With their being and to give them the space to do what they do. Animals in captivity, which is not going away, the best we can give them is sanctuary, security, and meet their needs. Mm. And you do all of that. Yeah. And more. Okay. You You're love right. them. I do. <laughs> you know, yeah. so your animals are better off with you than they are in a zoo. Mm. You know, yeah, the keepers who care for them may love them, 
but in the end, they're constrained by the, I guess in the end, with anything other than a dog, a horse, and a cat, and I won't even include a bird, um, all other animals that are in captivity in private ownership, I'm going to exclude exotic cats, big cats, (laughs) because you can't meet their needs. No, no way. But you can, of the animals that you have, mm-hmm. you can meet all of their needs. Yeah. And you do. And so yeah. what I'm, I'm hoping to help you feel is remove this guilt. Oh, it, 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 it's been, been amazing to talk to somebody that understands what I'm saying. Absolutely, um, I understand. Because there are, there are many people that do understand it. You get... Um, any people ask why, as you feel so passionate about animals, why do you why do you cage them up and keep them? And that, I, I just turn around and say, well, to be honest, <laughs> I don't have an answer, which is why I said I wish I could record it because you, you you gave me the answers. But, um, but you do have an answer. Yeah. I didn't give you the answer. The answer was there. Oh. Okay. More than likely, yeah, it was. It was. It was. You just sort of blocked that path. Yeah. Yeah. So in the spirituality, I mean, you have it all there. So when somebody says, I mean, that's so simplifying a complex issue. Well, if you love animals so much, then why are you keeping it in a cage? Yeah. That's, it's the incorrect question. They've just had a really good time with your animal, right? Mm-hmm. And then they ask you, because they've learned to love this animal. And I'm, I'm assuming, who is it who asks you? Why do you keep oh, them caged? It was it was on a um, it was on a a Facebook post of someone saying that um, they wanted to um, put their lizard on a vegan diet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I reacted. I didn't. Um, Lizards aren't vegans, are they? No, I didn't react in a preachy way. Um, but I, I just kind of explained it's not something that you can do. Um, to a lizard because you know the, the the particulars that they were talking about is bearded dragons they're omnivores right um you know they they eat meat and they eat, they eat vegetation so they need they need the mix of both in order to get everything they need and someone's saying well i've got this protein powder i sprinkle over their over their salad so i'll just give them salad and it's like no you can't do that a protein powder is not protein powder it's just calcium and d3 right. uh, and it, it doesn't it, it does it does help with the bones but it doesn't give them all they need in terms of protein. Um, you know, they need their meat. So people like you and I, we need to educate people that it's not so simple. Mm. And in meeting the needs right there, it's yeah. not only meeting their emotional needs, no. but it's meeting their physical needs and their um, um, food needs, yeah. their dietary needs. Like cats, they're obligate carnivores. Yes. They must eat meat. Meat. And to give a cat kibble that has pumpkin and peas in it, a cat <laughs> would never eat a pumpkin or a pea in nope. the wild. What they do is get everything they need from killing mice, from killing prey. So people who want to turn, okay, a dog is an omnivore. It can eat nope. anything. Um, I'm, I'm totally against making animals be vegans. Making oh, animals be vegetarians. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people say, oh, all we have to do to cure 
the ills of the world is stop eating meat. Well, it's not going to happen mm. or become vegan. So I'm not vegan. I've been a vegetarian. I counted it the other day for 51 years. Wow. And, um, you know, I stopped eating meat when I was 16 when it was not the in thing to do. And mm -hmm. nobody knew there were no such thing as vegetarian meals other than a bowl full of potatoes, a bowl full of carrots, and a bowl full of peas. <laughs> and maybe a, 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 you know, a, a little mixed green salad. Yeah. Now you can, now we have so many opportunities and we can choose what to eat. Mm -hmm. Animals can't choose what to eat. No, no. In the wild or in captivity. In the wild, they are meant to eat certain things. Mm -hmm. That's why they feel that niche. So in captivity, one of the things we're responsible for is filling that need. Yeah. So for a lizard, so a response to this kind of a guy is, you know, you can't you can't change a leopard's spots. Mm. You know, a leopard is not going to go eat grass. A leopard is going to go kill what it needs to kill. Yeah. And everything out there in the wild, you know, nature is unforgiving, it's unsentimental, and it's unemotional. Mm -hmm. It doesn't care about us, and it can kill us. And everything in nature is a complex, interconnected web of who's eating who and what and putting it back into the earth to keep the ecosystem functioning. Yeah. So you have the large umbrella species, keystone species that things turn on, that uh -huh. hold things in place, apex species, umbrella species that make the entire environment work from the elephant all the way down to the dung beetle, to the uh -huh. ants, to the vultures, to the jackals, to the lions. It all feeds itself. We step into the picture <laughs> and start messing that. Yep. So now we've had this crisis of conscience that, conscience, that we should not be using animals. Mm. Have you seen the film Earthlings yet? No. I'll see if I can burn it and upload it. Um, see is if it you can, on YouTube? Not on um, YouTube. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. It should be. And um, it's a little depressing. Okay. But they've done a second version that I have not yet seen that is not quite as depressing. But okay. um, Earthlings highlights our relationship to animals. Okay. And mostly in the negative ways and how we use them and uh -huh. abuse them from clothing to food to entertainment to um, farm to livestock. So, as I said, you know, we have a – as long as there's been humans and long as there's uh -huh. been animals, which were here before us, there's been a relationship. Yeah. We can choose – how to make this relationship work in a better symbiotic um i don't i avoid using the word harmony because the uh, world symbiotic is not... much better sorry symbiotic is much better yeah i mean we all need each other mm. and um what's that one phrase if all the insects were to disappear life yeah. on earth would be gone in 50 years mm -hmm. if all the humans disappeared life on earth thrive. would flourish I tell that to children every day. Every so, time I go into a school, every time I speak to children, I speak about insects and explain to them the, 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 the importance of insects. Um, more, so, more so than any other animal, the importance of insects in keeping the earth fertile and keeping the earth um, just, just 
ticking over. But without um, the trees, the leaves, the grass, and the yep. animals, the insects wouldn't have much to eat. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, the, the reason I do that is because um, the honeybees die now. Right. And we're um, doing that with all our pesticides. Yeah, and Exactly. And and what I say to kids is, you you guys are the guys who can change all of this. You can you can, you know, you can you can give the give the earth life. And 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 the way you do it is, you've got to respect even the ooey things that you don't like to touch. You know, but everybody mm-hmm. loves furry animals. Everyone thinks they're cute. Nobody likes insects. But then you say to them, but the insects. Without the insects, we wouldn't have things. To, to, to put seeds into the ground because it's, it's their poo that puts the seeds into the ground and you know other, other and, and and like um, millipedes that, that eat all of the um, eat all of all of the rotting rotting stuff on the floor and all the rotting vegetation on the floor without that being eaten and processed and turned into to, to kind of dung in a way um, the earth wouldn't be as fertile as it is um, and, and and you know without elephant poo the earth wouldn't be as fertile as it is. And it really is quite um, quite shocking for kids. You get the odd one that nods their head, but the rest of them are like, oh, really? We, That's yeah, because we, we don't the last have... 50 years, truly, 50 to 100 years, we've disconnected. Yeah. With the age of industrialization and um, removing our food source from our backyard mm-hmm. and putting it in clean wrap on the shelves <laughs> of a store. Yep. We no longer know where it comes from. And now the U.S. has just passed um, uh, an amendment that we don't need to label meat anymore. We don't oh. need to know where our meat comes from. That's truly frightening. Mm. And, you know, that corporations and mega corporations that are now running the world, that we've given them this power, we have to take this, we have to remove that power from them. It's killing, it's killing us. Absolutely. And um, children truly are our future. And But without us, adults, aware adults, mm-hmm. helping children understand why this is so important, then they're not going to learn it. No, no. Except for, let's say, the Maasai. The Maasai will never be vegan. The Bushmen no. will never be vegan. The Papua New Guinea tribesmen will never be vegan. So veganism is not the savior of the world. Oh, I, I it, don't think it is at all. It will help. Eating less meat will certainly help mm. because it will remove a lot of the damage that we're doing to earth mm-hmm. and remove concentrated food lots and yeah. begin to respect animals again. But I also don't think eating meat is going to go away. No. But killing for pleasure and an overabundance of eating meat is bad for us. And mm-hmm. bad for the planet. Yeah. I've watched quite a few documentaries about farming just recently in, in the States because um, there aren't that many documentaries about farming in the UK. Um, and, and it's crazy the amount of animals that, that are slaughtered. There was one documentary and it was something like 420 pigs an hour uh-huh. are being slaughtered and it's like a 24-hour operation. Yep. Chickens. And, have and, you seen Food Inc. Oh, yet? Yes, yes. I watched it the other day. Oh, and that's my God. old. That's an old film. It is. It's a really old film. Um, and, I mean, old by today's standards. Here's another one called Food Matters. I've seen that one, yeah. I'm quite good friends with the Food Matters team. They, they had a copy of my book. What ends up happening is we, we get on a bandwagon and then we take it to an extreme. Mm-hmm. Like this guy saying, well, if you love animals so much, why do you keep it caged? It's too simplified and it's taken it to a polarized extreme. 
So rather than feel put on the spot by this guy, just say, what do you eat on an average day? And see what he says. But rather than have him press your button uh-huh. and make you feel uncomfortable about who you are and who your animals are in underneath the skin, uh-huh. turn it around and ask him who he is. You and I are much bigger picture thinkers, so maybe find a way that's comfortable for you to turn around and say, okay, what would you do, and how are you helping move humanity along? Uh-huh. And see what uh-huh. they have to say. Probably not a lot. <laughs> and that tells you something, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So then it, it tells you, okay, this is a person I can either try to work with, and, and you can tell sometimes when somebody is, is listening, uh-huh. And they understand what you've had to say because they'll come back and and create a dialogue. Yeah. They come back even more defensive. Then it's time to say, you know, just don't engage. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a That's waste. what I've started to do. Yeah, it's it's a it's a drain on our energy mm-hmm. and our purpose and our mission and our ability to do what we do. Gets you thinking in the wrong way, doesn't it? Yeah. And and it just detracts from moving mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that are not awake. And when you consider there's, what, 9 billion people on Earth, there's too many of us. And, you know, there's so much we take for granted. Yeah. And, you know, and with the Internet, as wonderful as it is, it's mm-hmm. isolated us. Oh, yeah. So even in Facebook, people rant and rave and spew vitriol and continue to hate and point fingers at others. In the work that I do, it's what do we have in common? So in wildlife, we all love animals. Mm-hmm. So even hunters, they want them around. So the next question is, as we decide who lives, who dies, and why. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've read any of Mark Beckoff's books. I know he, the name for some reason, so I must have Yeah, he's, he's very well known. He's been in my program a couple times. He's written many good books. Mm-hmm. One is Animal Manifesto, and it's the six points that animals would tell us. Okay. And the other one is Who Lives, Who Dies, and Why. And then there's another great anthology from a wide variety of scientists, authors, thinkers, poets, you name it. And um, the, earth be- the Earth Beneath Our Feet. Okay, I've heard of that one, yeah. And I think it will help you also. It helped me a lot to okay. see that there's a lot bigger connections out there and there's things that we can do and there's things that we can't. The earth uh-huh. beneath our feet is kind of depressing because it's, once again, it's a couple years old and it's highlighting that we are in a crisis point. I think in 2015 we tipped a little over to the other side knowing that mm. we're in a crisis point and now trying to do something about it. And that's yeah. where this response or this question from this guy comes from. Uh-huh. So he's been awakened. So if you love them, why do you keep them caged? Keeping a chinchilla caged for animal ther- therapy and bringing joy and helping other people awaken is not the same thing as keeping a tiger caged as a pet. No. No. So, it's not the same as keeping a chinchilla caged as a pet either. 
in, in some ways because some people keep chinchillas and they just keep them in the cage. They don't get them out or anything. Right. So, um, so you know, he's... So you've given them a job to do. Mm. All right? Oh, and I love that, it And that's well. what animals need because mm. that's what they do in the wild. They live. Yeah. So your animals are living a quality life mm. that otherwise they would not have had. Mm. They could have gone to a chinchilla farm and ended up on somebody's coat. Yep, yep. They're um, they're all rescue animals. Well, ninety five percent of them are rescue animals anyway. So start there. Yeah. They're rescues. They're living. They're living. Mm. They, they've got much better lives than they they did have for definite. So you know. So right there tells stop. me you know I don't understand. I I do, but there's nothing to feel guilty about. Mm. In that, yeah. So the the crisis that you're going through is a crisis of conscience that a lot of us are going through, but also understand that there is good things happening with our relationship with animals, mm. and yours is one of the best. Thank you. And I'm not just saying that; <laughs> I truly mean it. Thank you. Why don't you tell me how you feel now? I feel I feel much better about what. Um, I feel much better about what I do now, or about about my current situation insofar as having animals um, in cages. But you vilified what I what I was already kind of, I guess, thinking in the back in the back of my mind um, in, in terms of trying to come to terms with my crisis of conscience was that I rescued these animals. I, I gave them a home which was for the rest of their natural life. I owe it to them to, you know, give them that life that I promised them when I took them on. Um, and therefore, if I was to suddenly say, I can't keep animals in cages anymore, they would have to be rescued by somebody else, which which, which would screw them up. And, and I'm not about to do that to my animals. So um, it has to be something that I now say, okay, if I don't want to take any, like you say, if I don't want to take any more animals on now, that's my choice. But the ones that I've got have to stay with me until the end of their natural life. And, you know, as long as they are with me, I, I will keep on um, giving them the life that I give them and, and working with them and, and, and allowing people to interact with them and, and, and as you say, awaken um, to, to the beauty of, of, of nature and helping children as well to, to, to see how wonderful animals are because a lot of kids don't get don't get to interact with animals at all so i'd uh, like to uh, add two things uh-huh. to help you rephrase or reorient <laughs> something in your head uh-huh. one is the word cage uh-huh. how about using the word environment okay so as long as you think they're caged then that's how you see them uh-huh. is caged okay as long as when you think of their environment, they have a very happy, healthy, everything they need environment. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Your chinchillas have a six foot by four foot environment that gives them lots of things to do, things mm-hmm. to play, places to go to be alone, mm-hmm. and places to sleep, and mm-hmm. a place to decompress after they've done their work for the day. Absolutely, yeah. And their work for the day is enlightening, this is the other phrase, instead of allowing uh-huh. them to be with other people, you are giving other people the gift 
of being able to interact with a free being who is living the best life it can have in the situation we're in in this place and time on earth so think of that when your your animals have lived out their natural lives or they get to the point where we have to make that very difficult decision to mm -hmm. end their life because their quality of life is no longer good and we're only keeping them alive for our feelings Mm -hmm. That's the hardest decision we have to make is Absolutely, yeah. when to put an old, ill animal out of pain. Mm -hmm. So in moving forward, rescuing animals and giving them a job to do is not a bad thing until the world turns. Mm. Until, no, no, the, no. until the politics and the policy and the government and the laws change. And we respect non-human rights to a much higher degree than we do now. That isn't going to change. And meanwhile, there are a whole lot of cows, there's a whole lot of chickens, and there's a whole lot of pigs that live in horrifying conditions mm. for us. So snakes live a very limited life. You give mm. them everything they need, plus you give them the, the opportunity to... Um, introduce themselves to someone yeah. who might have been terrified by them before. Oh, they, do amazing, they, do, they do amazing work with self-esteem. Absolutely. So that's huge, Dale. Mm. That's huge. So in terms of this crisis that you're having, um, think of the good you're doing for these animals that you've rescued and the other ones out there that may need rescuing in future. Mm -hmm. And for all the people that you have touched and that your animals have touched. And they were able to touch these people because of you. Mm -hmm. That's how I see myself as a facilitator. You um, are. You're a yeah. liaison. <laughs> so what you and I can do in keeping, I have cat, pet, pet cats, you mm -hmm. have animal therapy, critterish, okay. all sorts. Yep all sorts of critters and you're introducing them to people and letting people know that there is a huge connection there yep that there we is. are all one under the skin mm. we're all made of the same stuff otherwise we wouldn't be on this planet no exactly yeah. we're all just atoms having a having an experience <laughs> well <laughs> quite an experience yeah i mean when you yeah. take it down to the molecular level i mean dna we are all made of the same things um Another person you might want to look up uh, is Carl Safina, uh -huh. and uh, he did a film called Your Inner Fish, which kind of <laughs> takes it from where we began to who we are now, and he's yeah. just put out another book. Look him up on Facebook. He's great, and he's just um, putting out another book, What Are Animals Thinking? Okay. So check out his page, because he's got a wonderful sense of humor. Mm -hmm. I heard him speak at Jackson Hole, and oh, right. um, I haven't seen Inner Fish yet. It's one I want to watch. Mm -hmm. And um, so people like Carl Safina, Mark Beckoff, um, Ian McCallum, Franz Lanting, they're all coming from a perspective that is helping us to learn as humans to reconnect with this place we stand on called Earth and mm -hmm. all the other life 
that we are a part of. We're not yeah. separate from us. And that's about the inner fish. Yeah. We evolved. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. in the DNA toolbox, we have the makings of fins. They happen to turn into arms and fingers. Mm. And somebody else it turned into a leg with stripes. Yep. And to somebody else it turned into a tail. Or a trunk. Or a trunk. Mm-hmm. So that's what's so fabulous about life on Earth. Yeah, it's very and rich. And I think that's what you can be happy about. Mm. That you're helping life on Earth connect and awaken people. Thank you. I'm writing a book at the moment about um, about how my animals have gone from being rescues to being therapy animals. Excellent. Um, um, basically, I'm doing... Ten of my, I've chosen ten of my animals, and I'm, I'm doing a chapter on each, and they're telling their story in their words, um, with a little bit from me as well. So, what, what are the ten animals? Oh, now you've got me. Um, there's my dog, the chinchilla, a tortoise, um, a ferret, a, uh, a savannah monitor lizard. Do you remember Mooch? Uh huh. Yeah, Mooch. Um, a, a, a corn snake that was going to be released into the wild, but was now um, in the UK. Not good. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was, I was. Someone made a phone call and, and told me this snake was being released, so I rushed over and, and, and grabbed it before it got away. Um, there's a couple of other lizards as well. A hedgehog, um, who was really very, very shy and, and insular. Uh, and ended that's up. who hedgehogs are. Otherwise, they oh, wouldn't have the ability the to curl up into a little ball yeah. with spikes. <laughs> yeah. But again, you know, being being a pet one, it's it's not it's much a privilege. of a life being scared all the time. You know, yeah, it's um, a privilege. It is, and and I I got him to the point where he he trusted me so much that he would he would poke his nose out and sniff my nose, and if it was me, he would come out of his ball. And if it was anybody else, he wouldn't. Um, so that was, that was you quite just an- You just answered your own question. <laughs> Should have asked that right in the beginning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've got a hedgehog who is not terrified to be mm. with a person. Oh, no, no, no. They're cute little things. They're adorable. Mm. Absolutely adorable. So when do you think your book will come out? Or are you, or are you still in the I'm process? I'm hoping, hoping... Um, it will go out in towards the end of April, maybe Easter time if I can get it done quick enough. You're a busy guy. <laughs> You're a busy yeah, guy. I've... How many times a week are you going out and on therapy calls? These days, it's only two or three. Um, I've deliberately cut it down because I'm looking after my partner. Okay. Um, and I've chosen um, not to do parties anymore. Um, the, the 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 way that kids were with my animals was just unacceptable um they deserve better than that um so i stopped all of the entertainment side of it and i literally just do um animal therapy and i do schools Um, you've made some huge strides there yeah absolutely i think so yeah stopping Um, the entertainment part that's huge mm -hmm. you have a whole lot to be proud of and and to be thankful for I'm the only guy in my field that doesn't use his animals for entertainment. Um, but in, I, I just, in the UK? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just decided um, last April I stopped. So it's been, it's been nearly 12 months now. Good um, for you. And it really wasn't, it wasn't worth 
Um, okay, so I don't make as much money now, but I don't really care. My animals have a much happier life than they were having, um, and, and, and that's, that's what's more important than anything else. And you're feeling better. Oh, I'm a lot less stressed than I was then, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, sure. it's, it's what I talk about a lot, you know, redefining that benchmark of health and wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's, that's the, the precipice, the paradigm shift we're on, mm-hmm. that wealth is really about health. Yeah, the healthier absolutely. we are and the healthier our planet is, the wealthier we are. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's a mode of the continuance of survival of yeah, well, Earth and us and every living thing. What was that? Um, was that phrase they use? Only when the last tree's been chopped down and the last fish has been poisoned, and the last fish has been caught, and the last river has been poisoned, we'll realise we can't eat money. Right. When I went to Costa Rica, that was a huge thing as well. Going to Costa Rica and and, and just being in that kind of. Um, environment and that kind of free thinking place uh, that was a huge thing for me been, I've, I've been to quite a lot of um, countries all over the world but I, I've, I've never been to South America that place is paradise they've got no, they've got no war um, they've got no army, they've, they've had an army since 1947 I think it is they do everything self-sufficient the, the, the power is 100% kind of um, renewable energy the whole place is just laid back and I actually do now, I, I've got a special um, presentation that I do and talk that I do using my, my photos from Costa Rica and everything that I learnt while I was over there uh, their biodiversity over there is, is, is immense, uh, for such a small country, I mean the, the, it can fit Costa Rica into the northern part of Britain and, and, and they've got like 7% of the world biodiversity there in that little tiny place, just because they, they protect their wildlife and, and protect their forests uh, and they, they protect um, their national parks and their, their volcanoes and, 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 and kind of allow the, allow the place to just be what it is. It's a, a lesson in that it can be done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely a lesson to, to all of us. And, and I'd, I'd love to go and live there, to be fair. Um, that, would be, that would be a dream to, to just kind of shut up shop and, and take all my animals and go and live over in Costa Rica. Either that or since where you sort of have to be where you are is try and make that the dream. The way that I live. Yeah, and yeah. hopefully that will germinate mm. and yeah. spread its seeds outward. That's Excellent. fabulous. Mm. Well, it looks like we're out of time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And yeah. um, we're going to talk again sometime. In the near future, when you've got your book done, Absolutely. I would love to read it. Will it be available okay, cool. as an ebook or? It will be available worldwide um, as as an ebook and as a paperback. Um, my current book's available um, in the same way, but that was self-published, so it's. Uh, and what's the title of that one? Um, that one's called Organic Guinea Pigs Health Revolution. Okay, and this is a lot of what you've been going through on your Facebook Nutrition. page, and yeah, it, it, totally redefining your life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've gone from smoking 20 a day, um, drinking a bottle and a half of wine a night, um, eating all the, uh, eating KFCs and McDonald's and all the wrong things. Um, I've totally changed, turned, turned my health around, um, i turned my life around. I'm a much, much cleaner person um, because I don't eat junk. Um, and also using the nutrition to help my partner who's got terminal cancer um, to change the way that her health is as well 
um, and and fight the disease from the inside using nutrition and not using pharmaceuticals. Well, that goes back to T. Colin Campbell's book, Whole, W-H-O-L-E. Yep. Got it. Food, it, it's a fabulous book. It is, yeah, absolutely. Food will cure us. <laughs> what absolutely. We are literally what we eat. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I kind of I broke it down into chunks of what I did and how I did it and included recipes as well because I've always wanted to write a book. And I thought, well, I can write 10, 10 pages. I can write 10 chapters on help. I can do this. When I started writing, that was February last year, and I'd finished it by April. It's been, it's been available, um, both paperback and ebook on Kindle. You buy it on Kindle for, I think it's three, $3.99. Um, and it's, it's got five-star reviews on Amazon already. I'm inspired. Well, exactly, which is why I've now started writing my next book. Um, because the last book came so easily that um, I thought, well, I could, I could do another one of those. Um, and 10 pages on 10 of my animals, that's 100 pages, that's a book. Well, so, yeah. you've done a great that's job. Yeah. If you look me up on Amazon.com, um, um, my, my name is Dale Priest Kelly, and, and my book will come up. I'm going to uh, do that as soon as we finish here. Awesome. Enjoy. Let me know what you think. I will. So once That'd again, be nice. it's been a pleasure, an oh, absolute pleasure Thank talking you. to you. And um, we'll keep in touch. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel better after our conversation, and I I I hope you do too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it very much, Ellie. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Dale. Take care. Thank Thank you again for joining us this week. Be sure to tune in next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Our Wild World with your host, Ellie Weiss, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think about living with wildlife during the coming week and what you can do right now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 